this, girl, this is the the best part of it is that I I say so. I, my answer to this is I usually tell people I manifest them. Like they actually find me, and that's the craziest thing. Just like how I was in my internship um, messing around on the computer, like they it just finds me. So wow. part of that manifestation is um, people. So I'll be on Twitter talking about Tiger King, and someone will DM me. <laughs> serious i'm on twitter talking about tiger king and how carol did it and someone will dm me and say oh my god you're talking about tiger king tiger tiger scholarship i forgot i wanted to send this to you i think your followers will like it and it's like an internship to work with tigers in malaysia is completely paid for and i'm like that's random okay thanks so i'll share that and um Hello, hello! Welcome to Young, Gifted, and Abroad, perspectives on studying abroad from past and present students of color. My name is Danielle, and I'm so excited to be able to talk to you today because today I have my friend Gabby as the guest. Uh, Really quickly before I tell you about Gabby, and I do mean really quickly because I know these intros have been getting longer and longer lately, (laughs) but I just want to say thank you to everyone who sent me kind word of encouragement and or congratulations in relation to the second anniversary of Young, Gifted, and Abroad. We celebrated that two weeks ago on Juneteenth. Uh, June 19th marked two years that I've been doing this podcast. And so to celebrate, I put out an anniversary episode called Actually Delightful. So if you would like to hear my reflections on the show thus far, or if you would like to learn a bit more about me, then be sure to check that episode out. And thanks again to everybody who uh, sent some really kind words my way in relation to that. So about today's guest, Gabby. Gabby is a travel blogger and a travel entrepreneur. She actually just went full time doing that earlier this year. Of course not uh, expecting (laughs) that the pandemic would kind of shut things down as far as international travel goes. And of course you'll get to hear uh, how she is adjusting her plans in relation to that. But yes, Gabby is a full-time travel blogger and travel entrepreneur. Her blog and her overall brand is called Pax Light. She was actually recommended to me by Danielle Desir of Women of Color Podcasters. I've mentioned Danielle a couple times, uh, a few times in the past. And so she told me that Gabby would be a good person to have on. And so I reached out to Gabby and thankfully she accepted. And we had a really nice conversation about Gabby's uh, experience with travel. She started traveling domestically and internationally when she was a child and then started blogging in her late teens. As, a, as an undergrad student, she, she went on a backpacking trip to Iceland through her university. And then uh, later on during undergrad, she actually spent a full year living and studying in Dubai. She got the Boren Award for International Study, which allowed for her to study Arabic in Dubai, fully funded for a year. So she told me all about that and how really integral that experience was to what she's doing today. It was incredibly impactful, not only in terms of igniting Gabby's love for travel in a new way, but also to develop her own intention in relation to blogging, which is paying it forward, spreading the opportunity around. Uh, One of the things that's really unique and really admirable about Gabby is that she puts together a travel opportunities list, a funded travel opportunities list, so that people who are students or of student age and beyond can learn about opportunities to travel the world, either fully or partially funded. Um, All sorts of programs out there that I certainly didn't know existed until I took a look at the list that she puts together and updates on an extremely regular basis. Uh, But yeah, you'll get to hear a little bit about Iceland, a lot about Gabby's Dubai experience, and a little bit about 
um, her experience in Korea, which she went to earlier this year as well. And of course, you'll get to hear a lot about her thought process behind Pax Light and what she wants to do with it going forward. So, without further ado, sit back, relax, and enjoy my interview with my friend, Gabby Beckford. It's almost like we almost like an extended winter because in winter you're cooped up because it's cold and now we're cooped up because of, you know, virus. So I don't know. It's like it's kind of seasonal depression extension. It's a little <laughs> sad. I hope we get some of the summer. Yeah. Yeah. I hope so, too. I hope so, too. <laughs> yeah, because that's that's something I was wondering for. Um I'll ask you about that later. But anyhow, um, thank you for <laughs> uh, agreeing to be a guest and, and on this podcast and making time to 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 talk with me today. Yeah. Um, that's thank good. Thank you for having me. Thank you for reaching out. I'm I'm really excited. I checked out your website and I'm excited to be part of the Young Gifted Abroad pack. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm glad to hear that. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, that makes me really happy to hear that. Um, so why, why don't we get started with you introducing yourself a bit, if you don't mind. Sure. Uh, my name is Gabby Beckford. I'm 24, and I am a full-time travel blogger and travel entrepreneur as of a month ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I studied abroad in college in Dubai, UAE, which... I had a love of travel before, but that really just made it explode. And since then, I've been trying to find a way to travel as much as possible. Yeah. Because, you know, I, I was looking at, at your site a bit as well. And you, correct me if I'm wrong, but you started traveling, like, long before you started your your blog, right? Traveling internationally? Yeah. So uh, my father was a Marine, or, you know, Marines are forever is a Marine. Uh, he's retired now, but he was active duty for 23 years. So we traveled because of his military orders as a family. And my mother is actually a travel agent of 25 years. Oh, wow. And my sister is a travel agent of five years. So it's been kind of a family affair throughout my life. Um, some international, but mostly domestic, just doing road trips and, and yeah. visiting other states. But yeah, it's been kind of a normal thing. <laughs> wow. Yeah, you're kind of predisposed to to want to get out there, you know. Um, I think so. Yes, I never had a choice. Never had a chance. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. That's cool. So then, when um when was like if you remember it was like the first time you went outside of the the states? Like, were you stationed somewhere? Did you go on a trip somewhere? My first literal time outside of the country, I believe I was four years old, okay. and we took a trip to Paris, uh, where I think we all caught the chicken pox, and it was a terrible trip. Oh, no. So I, <laughs> I don't remember it, and I'm sure I had a great time, but my parents always tell that story. Um, wow. And the first time I can remember, maybe, oh, well, I moved to Japan on military orders with my family and my dad uh, when I was six years old, so Japan was my first international experience that was extended and i definitely think that's ingrained into one of my first memories as a child like six to ten is a very pivotal age i guess yeah (laughs) yeah wow you lived in japan wow okay i didn't know that so so how were you there from ages six to ten is that how long you were there yes we moved right after i turned 10 so i think it was closer to three years okay um but yeah with the military wow how was that living in in japan for especially during that time of your childhood. Yeah. So that was, I think that was 2002 to 2005. So that was before iPhones and before like social media. And it definitely, I consider it a time before, I don't know, this next generation, this like this social media generation. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had a great time in, especially where I was in Japan, Okinawa, it's a small island. It's tropical. It's warm year round. I think it gets as low as 70 degrees in the winter. Uh, so it's really, it's like its own ecosystem, its own paradise. And I took Japanese lessons at my military school. We had Japanese students. It was very integrated into mm. the Okinawan culture. And 
Um, actually, my uh, dad remarried a uh, Okinawan woman, so we grew oh. up with Okinawan culture totally wow. ingrained into our lives. Yeah, I sometimes feel like I'm a little more Japanese than <laughs> than anything else. And my little sisters are half Japanese, so it's definitely a big part of our lives. Oh, interesting. Wow. Oh, my goodness. Right? Third culture to, like, fifth culture kids. Crazy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Especially with Okinawa, because I've heard it's, like, um, because of the distance from the rest of the the island, like, the rest of the country, and then, again, like you said, because it's cultural, it has, like, this very, or, sorry, tropical is what I meant to say, has this very distinct culture, so the fact that you were in that, and then you had that in the home as well, because of your, um, your stepmom, yeah, that's, that's, sounds like a really unique experience that you got to have. (laughs) So that was when you were, and so you moved back when you were 10, okay. Yeah. yeah, it's uh, yeah. <laughs> That's definitely one of the things I always bring up is that I never feel like I have. I can't say I'm half black, half white, or that I'm a specific culture. I really am just a mix of cultures. It's hard to say mm-hmm. when people say where are you from or like what are you culturally. I'm like, oh god, I need to write a book and just start handing it out. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's not a bad idea. Um, <laughs> I would, I would read that book for sure. <laughs> I should, right? This is the time more than any other time. Yeah, you know. Wow, okay. That's so fascinating to me. Okay. <laughs> so that so you were so you were ten and you had already like experienced living in Japan and then traveling around because of your parents' respective jobs. Uh mm-hmm. and then so so when did the um did the travel blog come into play? That was before you went to Dubai, right? Yes. Okay. So I, mm, this is a great question. For me, it's even a little hazy because I think I've always liked to write and maybe I had one of those free chat room website blogs before mm-hmm. this official blog. But I think this one started, I graduated high school in 2013 and I went to a high school in a really small, small town in Virginia. Mm-hmm. And I was just so sick of the small townness. Like I had my little teenage rebellion moment Mm -hmm. and I was like Mm -hmm. all right I need to do something crazy I just I graduated high school I deserve something just to make me feel better and so I went to Iceland very very randomly um, Mm. on a backpacking trip and for two weeks and it was insane but when I came home all my high school friends were saying how did you get the confidence to go over there what was it like what did they eat how are they different than us and I realized that um, travel especially young people for young people is not that not as common as I thought it was growing up with it. Obviously I was mm-hmm. biased, but I was like, wow, a lot of them have not even left the state. So I yeah. made, I think two blog posts just to answer the frequently asked questions. And so people would ask me and I was like, here you go, read this. Like, stop asking me. And <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm like, it didn't really have the, like the glorious, beautiful intention. I was just was like, stop asking me. Mm-hmm. But that just kept happening. I kept traveling and people kept asking and I realized that there was a gap that needed to be filled so it just accidentally happened more and more yeah <laughs> I kept writing okay wow and that's how it started was it was it called Pax Light from the beginning or was was your blog called something else when you first started oh my gosh I think the first blog name was no matter where you are okay and it was so long though <laughs> it was so long I remember I think I only had it for two weeks that name and it was on a free wordpress site and i tried to make an email address out of it like gabby no matter where you are.com and i was like oh my god no one's ever gonna want to type this email address <laughs> so it, i'm so happy i changed early on i'm like all right two syllable two syllables max what are we gonna do yeah. and pax like came out of it nice okay i mean no matter where you are it does i, I it sounds nice to me but uh like you said it can, can get long when it comes to things like creating email addresses and stuff so uh, or instagram handles can you imagine oh yeah or business cards you gotta tell oh gosh it just yeah i'm happy yeah. i changed it but it does sound cute maybe i'll start a series <laughs> with that name maybe <laughs> <laughs> what made you land on pax light as the name for your blog and your like, like your brand as a whole yeah I, i'm so glad you asked that question because i really love my blog name 
um, because there's so much meaning behind it mm-hmm. for me. I chose it because I like to be witty and <laughs> there's so many, um, there's like three meanings behind it basically. Number one is that I literally pack light. I'm team carry on for every trip I go on, whether wow. it's a, a month trip abroad or a weekend trip, I try to carry one carry on mm-hmm. um, for a few reasons. Um, to be environmentally conscious because I always lose things because it helps me (laughs) (laughs) um, not overpack things like that. So Mm -hmm. I like to pack light physically. Another meaning is to pack light mentally. Um, I try to pack light with me, like bring light, positivity, empowerment into my life and into the things that I do. Mm -hmm. Um, So I hope to kind of symbolically spread that light to other people. Oh, wow. That's, that's really um <laughs> like inspirational. That's nice. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, cuz I mean the the the, ne- the name is like kind of obvious like packs light in terms of like physically packing light, but that other element to it as well is really interesting. Yeah. And it's important too um in terms of like the mindset that you have when you go places or start new adventures. So that's really yeah, cool. Exactly. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And a meeting that came about later that I didn't mean intentionally, but it happened is I took Latin for five years in high school mm. and it never really paid off for me. But one day <laughs> someone heard my blog name and said, Oh, like peace. And I was like, what is that? What are you talking about? And they're like, Oh, Pax P A X in Latin means peace. And I was oh. like, Oh, that's just, it adds just even more to the, Oh wow. That's true. Symbolism for me. Yeah. So I was like, Oh, it's confirmation that I, I'm on the right path. Yeah, so it's like peace and light in a way. If exactly. You look at it that way. Okay. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, it's, it's interesting. It's nice how that all comes together. Wow. Right. Yeah. So that's like perfect. Um, yeah. So so then how did it how did it go from you you know just putting stuff out there because you're tired of people asking you from <laughs> to go from that to this kind of like intentioned purpose for it? Like how did that? How did your motivation change? I had always, I think, maybe unaware to myself, like to tell stories. Mm-hmm. Um, thinking back on it and talking to people, my, my, even my parents, my mom said, oh, yeah, you were always applying to poetry contests and mm-hmm. um, short story contests. And I was like, yeah, really? And she's like, yeah, you could always just make a story out of something. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I didn't, I never imagined that people would take me as a storyteller or say, oh, tell more, tell more, like we want to hear more. Mm. Um, I had always, coming from especially a first-generation Jamaican household with my dad, uh, we were technical. We had, my dad always said, you can major in whatever you want in college as long as it's a STEM degree. Mm. So we just had that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, "Mm." Uh, but I did. But <laughs> yeah. we always had that expectation of, yeah, be as creative as you want, as long as you are secure and have a job. So mm-hmm. I never really saw that as an option for myself. I took all the science classes and tech classes. Um, but then when I started my blog, I guess I got the confidence that people would want to know more about me and my mm. stories, too. So that's how it evolved. I was like, oh, well, if you like that, maybe I can tell you about the time I got lost in a canyon in Oman and people were like, yeah, let's tell more stories. And it, <laughs> yeah. it escalated from there. So you like over time came to like recognize yourself as a storyteller and that it was of value to, to other people as well. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Oh, well, I'm glad that that happened that way and that you did find a, like value in your own voice because it's turned into you know what it is now and what it's gonna continue to become I'm sure Mm. um obviously I want to ask about Dubai but you did say something about Iceland and that it was insane I think is what you said when you went to Iceland uh yeah was there any like specific thing (laughs) that happened was it because you were you know going somewhere on your own and you were still kind of young what was so insane about your your Iceland trip um, so I found that trip to Iceland actually be- through my university. Mm. Um, so I had graduated high school in June, got accepted to college middle of June. And then by the end of June, I was calling my school saying, Hey, I was technically accepted, though I haven't started classes yet. Can I go on this trip? Mm-hmm. And they said, 
well, the average age of the people who are going are going to be 25. How old are you? And I was like, 17. (laughs) (laughs) um, Technically, you can come because you've been accepted, uh, but you'll be the youngest and you have to have your parents sign this permission slip because you're not 18 yet. Mm. And it just probably was the least... Like, I don't know, the least likely thing to happen, or I didn't find a way, I made a way. Like, I just forced my way onto mm-hmm. the trip. Yeah. I was like, I'm going, this seems right. And I am so surprised. Even to this day, I'm like, how did my parents say yes? How did I feel <laughs> so compelled to go on that trip? But I just know now it was all part of that grand design. Yeah. Um, so I w- went to Iceland and we went backpacking. And I guess I hadn't really thought about how far 40 miles was in three or four days. <laughs> That was a lot uh, for me personally. I I did gymnastics in high school, but I was not like a long distance runner or backpacker. Yeah. Um, So that was a lot. And somehow there was like a miscommunication on my part where I didn't bring a sleeping bag uh, at all. And they, (laughs) I thought they were going to bring it. (laughs) Um, But luckily, some random girl on the trip was so nice, and we shared a sleeping bag for the entire trip. And I didn't want to tell anyone because I was so embarrassed. I was like, I'm already the youngest person here, and of course, I would make this stupid beginner's mistake. So we back to back sausage into the sleeping bag, (laughs) and it was just so funny. And it was freezing. I hate the cold. I don't know why I thought Iceland would be. A perfect place. I was so cold. Mm. I hate the cold, but uh, I always say, even though I was by all of my standards miserable, like it was cold, I was tired, like the wind was just like cutting through my face, like it was so cold. I was still 10 times happier there than I was being safe at home in Stafford. Mm. Like as miserable as I was, I felt, I just felt like all my senses were engaged. I was experiencing something new. Like this was the peak life for me and that's when I knew I was like if I am happier here at my most miserable than I've ever been anywhere else this is what I need to be doing Mm. and yep that's when the addiction started (laughs) wow that's like powerful and interesting that you um, had that perspective at such a young age you know to be like this kind of sucks but I still kind of love it and I want to keep going (laughs) oh yeah 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 I've always been I don't know what I, I people have told me that I think for a while that I was like an old soul or like mature for my age. I don't know what where I came from, but I mm-hmm. just have always known what I wanted out of life or just I've always known what I didn't want out of life. So when I found what I wanted, I was like, "Whoo, this is it. Right. Never letting go. <laughs> right. I'm like that, too. Sometimes it's like I might not know what it exactly is that I'm looking for. But once I see it and it's like, yeah. oh, OK, that that's it. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Okay. So so then how did you how did uh you end up going to Dubai? That was while you were in college, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's okay. a crazy story too. <laughs> You're asking these questions and I'm like, oh my God, yeah, that was it's just it's all serendipitous, I guess is the right word. Like mm-hmm. these things just kind of fell together in the weirdest, most beautiful ways. Hmm. Um So I was a junior in college, and I had gone – my sophomore year, I went to spring break in London. My – I think my freshman year, I went to spring break in Puerto Rico. Like, I knew how to travel by myself. Mm -hmm. So I actually was never looking for a study abroad program, and I didn't ever see what study abroad could do for me that I couldn't do for myself. Mm. But I was at an internship in the summer that was – going pretty slow one one week and I just decided to Google for fun VCU study abroad scholarships which was my universe uh, my university I just googled it just to see what there was just to see you know maybe there's a week in Honduras I could do something simple mm-hmm. um, but I came across this scholarship for a year abroad in anywhere you wanted to go as long as it wasn't a western country mm. and that kind of intrigued me and I just went through the requirements and they just seemed like it seemed like the requirements said if your name is Gabby Beckford you would be so dumb if you didn't apply to this <laughs> and I was like oh my god how could they write a scholarship so and it, it was like if you have a STEM degree if you are a person of color if you want to go to a country that's not western and I was like ah oh, this is this is so much for me mm-hmm. so um I didn't know how competitive competitive of a scholarship it was but 
I was like, you know what? I'm going to apply. And the deadline was two weeks away from the time that I found it. And other people had been using nine months to get their applications right and get letters of recommendation. And I was just like, no, this seems right. Like something just told me I should go for it. And it's so funny, too, because I was a junior. I was getting kind of, quote unquote, old in college. (laughs) And (laughs) I I had one more semester left until I graduated. So it was that summer and I was going to graduate that winter. But something told me I should apply. And I was like, okay, if I apply, I'm kind of young for my age, like for my my class anyway. Um, If I win, I'll go away for a year, come back, do one more semester and graduate. And if I don't win it, I'll just graduate and be 20 years old going into the workforce. Like, that's fine. Wow. And yeah, I shocked to me more than anyone when someone called me and said I was going to Dubai. I was like, (laughs) wow. Oh my goodness. Stunned. I was so stunned. (laughs) I was like, I was like, you have the wrong person. They're like, no. Ma'am, yeah, it was, it was insane. So, yep, I went to Dubai for a year, completely funded, studied Arabic, traveled around the region. I fell in love with my study abroad program. Like, I was so wrong thinking that I could just do it by myself. Like, study abroad facilitated so many more experiences in mm. meeting peoples of other cultures that, that I could have never done by myself. Yeah. It, it was just, it was crazy. It was awesome. Yeah. That's amazing. And fully funded too. Wow. Yeah, that's, yeah. you know, that's, that's a huge plus of it is, is that they did all the work for me and that they helped me pay for it. Um, it wasn't, there's like a little asterisk where there was terms and conditions because I had to work for a U.S. government agency for one year and like full time after I graduated to mm. pay back the debt. But, um, it was easy. I mean, you could work for the Peace Corps, that counted. You could work for the Department of Energy, that counted. So I thought it was going to be pretty simple to pay off. And I, I did. It was pretty easy. Yeah. It was a job I liked anyway. Okay. So the scholarship is like um, almost like an investment in the people who, who, who earn it. Okay. Yes. And yeah, they want, I found out that they want you to study abroad in a non-Western country so that you can learn a language that's not English. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, Makes Arabic sense. or Chinese or one of those, like, in-demand languages. Okay. Okay. What was this um, scholarship called? Yeah, it's called the Boren Scholarship. Okay. Um, they have I've, a version okay. for undergrad and for graduate students. I've heard of the Boren, but I don't know, like, how the process goes. So, so had you already decided that you wanted to go to Dubai when you applied for this scholarship? Or was it something that was arranged after you got selected? Um, I had to apply knowing where I wanted to go. Okay. And that was difficult because they want you to learn a foreign language in-depthly. Um, so people who, like, I have, I was a math major, so this wasn't my life. International relations wasn't my, my diehard life. There were a lot mm. of people who wanted to go to Amman, Jordan, to uh, continue their research into the Bedouin tribes and people who wanted to go to... Uh, Wagadugu to study plant life and like they this was their like lives mm-hmm. um so <laughs> I kind of had the mindset of where would I go where would I want to go that I would never be able to afford to go by myself um mm. and that's why I chose Dubai is not necessarily for the language because they they all speak English which is hard I had to be like please speak to me in Arabic mm-hmm. um, but I did <laughs> learn Arabic but I I also knew the type of person I am i I want to make the most of it, basically. And for me, that means meeting the most, as many cultures as possible, living in a place I never would have gotten to otherwise, like Dubai, somewhere I could never have afforded or known anything about. And, mm-hmm. and it was amazing. I, I learned more Urdu than I ever would have imagined living in Dubai. I learned <laughs> about Filipino culture and Nigerian culture. And that's what I like is just maximizing that opportunity. So that's why I chose Dubai. Okay. Cool, cool. And so you were there for a year studying Arabic, and then was that it? Was it all just the focus was Arab- learning Arabic that whole time? Um, you could have done that. Um, a lot of people did just study language and then do their research in the field, but I had to finish my math degree. So uh, it's also interesting studying abroad as a STEM major. There <laughs> were not a lot of higher level math classes mm-hmm. abroad, so I did a lot of research trying to find a university that even had advanced calculus 
or um, like a programming class, but I did a few math classes and I got a, a minor in Middle Eastern studies while I was out there. Oh, nice. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And, and where, where were you? What university were you with when you were in Dubai? I went to the American University in Dubai. So, yeah, so you got to go and be in Dubai, learn Arabic, but then also continue requirements for your degree um, yeah. and just yeah. learn more about the, the region in general. Okay. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Nice. And um, you said how, you know, at first you thought maybe studying abroad wouldn't be necessary. Like you, you figured you could do have a fulfilling experience like that on your own, but then you... I'm curious as to how it was different as opposed to you potentially going to Dubai on your own. How did, you know, studying there make the difference for you? That's a very um, nuanced answer, I guess. And I guess it's very personal to me. Um, So if I had just said, I want to go to Dubai and have a great experience, I would have bought my own plane ticket and found a cheap Airbnb, probably in the outskirts of the city, to make it affordable. Mm. And I then would have had to figure out how to meet people. So maybe I would have found like an online expats group or I I don't think I ever would have approached someone randomly. Um, It would have taken me so much longer to learn how the public transportation system works. Mm -hmm. It would have taken so much longer to trust the taxi drivers because we, I just would have assumed from my own past experiences that you got to be super careful and just, it just would have taken me, so much longer to get acclimated and find the right group of people Hmm. if I had been doing it on my own as a young solo woman in Dubai. And with a study abroad program, I was in university dorms. So I had people that I saw every single day. So I didn't have to stretch my confidence basically to get to know them. We all just kind of assimilated walking around each other and talking to each other occasionally. And it turned into friendships like more naturally. Mm-hmm. And I had friends who had been living there for their entire lives. So they could be like, Oh girl, like you Americans, you're so nervous. Like everyone's safe here. You can leave your phone <laughs> and come back the next day. and It'll be still be in the same spot. Like they were able to just kind of um, just make the process so much more easy. And to think of all the time and money I would have wasted trying to do things the safe way or the way that I was accustomed to or even pressing my American ideas into the environment that I was in, it would have been just a waste. Mm -hmm. So study abroad just makes it all so natural. Yeah. I definitely, I I always tell that story. I'm like, I, I have anyone could have done this by myself. Like I'm so used to travel. I could have done it, but like nothing compares to study abroad. The only way that you can get that experience is if you study abroad. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and so she probably would have had more support, too, since you're in a university system. Um, oh, yeah. Like, there are people around whose job is to, like, to assist you with things if you need it, so. Yes, um, health insurance. I know I'm an academy. I get health insurance. And <laughs> through the school, they just, you walk into the office and they help you do it all. It really takes the stress out of it emotionally so that you can enjoy it ten times more. Yeah. And and you were there for a year, right? So, I mean, how did you feel about moving away to a new country for a year? I mean, you had moved around before, but this was, like, a little different. (laughs) It was different. Yeah. It was. um, uh, I I think I, at that time, I was recently 21. Like, I was one month into 21. Mm -hmm. And... I felt that I applied to this scholarship so randomly and somehow I got it and somehow I got the city I wanted to get to. And I, this is something that I always um, explain too, is that I knew nothing about Middle Eastern culture Mm. um, or Islam at all, at all. But somehow even at my university here, we had a lot of exchange students from Egypt, from Morocco, from Syria, Lebanon. I, I had kind of had peaks of the culture, but I, didn't know much about it but it intrigued me Mm -hmm. um so i went into the move just (laughs) kind of jumping off the cliff i was like okay things have come together thus far um you're interested like i don't i don't know it's like jumping into cold water just you Mm. have to jump in i was like there's no room for hesitation basically i have to just trust it and know that 
I'm smart enough to figure everything out as it comes to me. Mm-hmm. And it was the best thing I could have done. I'm so happy I didn't waste my time worrying um, because, you know, as they say, if you worry, you suffer twice. Basically, if, if oh, things, wow. things are going to happen the way they're going to happen. So I just kind of had to let go and let it happen. And I always think about what if I had been too afraid of, quote unquote, the Middle East or mm. quote unquote Arabs and I had not gone on that experience because even today, today I was on Instagram looking at pictures of Dubai, thinking about how I can move back. <laughs> I Today, it's just so funny. Um, I loved it so much. And to think that fear could have prevented me from having the best experience of my life is would have been so tragic. So right. if anything, that taught me to trust myself even more and trust the world even more. Yeah. Yeah, that's important. That's important. And, and your, were your family supportive as well? I mean, maybe they were used to you traveling here and there by now but moving away you know I mean were they were they supportive and and excited for you yeah my family is like abnormally supportive like they I don't (laughs) I don't know if they think that they couldn't have convinced me otherwise (laughs) like Mm. they just kind of have given up they're like you know what she's gonna do it anyway so we just don't argue with her but my mom (laughs) is super (laughs) like maybe I've just kind of trained them to be like <sighs> she just is going to do that anyway. Yeah. Um, but my my mom is super, super supportive all the time. And my dad, I think, has worn down from his um, Jamaican-ness. And he's like, you know what? He just says, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And maybe internally he's worried because once I got there, I did realize he called a lot more often and would be like, Aww. oh, how is it? Do you need any? Like, he has his own way of worrying. Yeah. But I don't think they would ever try to actually stop me. Okay. <laughs> well, that's good, right. at least. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know how it is. You're like, they just have their own language. But it's mm-hmm. so funny. Anywhere I go, I think he's internally worried. But after I go and then I show how much fun it is and how safe it is, he's like, mm-hmm, so we visit Dubai. Are you going to give us some tips? And I'm like, oh, now, now you want to come. That happens so often. Like someone has to be the one to like take that first step, and then others will follow. Like they want to follow. What am I trying to say? Like Like yeah, you have to be the one to break the ice and to venture out, and then other people want to follow along as well. Once they see that you've done it and you're okay, and it's not you know terrible or scary, you know exactly. Okay, well, that's good. They were supportive of you. And and so you were living in Dubai for a year. You were studying, obviously. So you had classes, but I'm sure you took advantage of exploring and getting to know the area. Oh, I'm yeah. wondering, for you, how would you describe Dubai as a place from your own personal experience? How would you describe it? Oh, my gosh. I know that's kind of like a general, like a big, wide question. But, you know, <laughs> if you could, if you could put into summation how you see Dubai what would what would you say about it um I would say I so I think I in particular had a different experience than most of the people who studied abroad in Dubai with me Mm. uh just because I I was so excited to do everything and try everything I was constantly the one once I got comfortable I was the one walking up to people be like oh I heard you're going to the mall can I come Like, Mm -hmm. oh, I heard you, you're going to the beach. Can I come? Like, I just wanted to do everything. So when I think of Dubai, I just think of it as, God, it's like a place where anything can happen. It's like Disneyland. Just (laughs) the most (laughs) insane things can happen. And I, and I love it for that. Like, uh, it can be a Wednesday and someone will walk up to you and be like, Hey, we're riding camels in the desert tonight. Do you want to come? And you're like, what? Okay. <laughs> and next thing you know, you're actually riding camels in the desert. And then the next morning, someone's like, oh, yeah, my dad has a boat. Do you want to go on the boat after school? And I'm like, okay, a boat. Sounds fun. And you go to the boat. And it's like a huge, giant yacht. And you're like, what? Just I said I had just gasps of surprise every single day at the mm-hmm. random things that can happen. And, it, yeah, it's just amazing. Yeah. I love Dubai. <laughs> Oh, good, good. Did you stay within Dubai while you were living there? Did you go to other other oh, parts no. of the region as well? Oh, yeah. No, once you get to that region and you 
realize how close everything is. It, it's impossible to stay there, especially because <laughs> the Dubai airport is such a huge international airport. Oh, right. Um, right. Oh, it's fantastic. It's so easy. I went to uh, Sri Lanka, Oman, uh, Republic of Georgia, Thailand. Uh, where else did I go? The Netherlands. It, it's just it was wow. so easy. I had friends go to, obviously, Jordan, Lebanon. You can fly to Australia cheap. You can go to the Maldives super cheap. It's uh, it really is just like the the perfect center of Africa, Asia, Oceania. It's mm-hmm. just fantastic. Wow. Okay. Oh my gosh. So no, I'm just <laughs> thinking because like <laughs> all these all these different places while you were, but I mean it makes sense given like you know your background. You had already started vlogging, and then also like you said, like it's a nice location to go other places with the um where it's situated so yeah uh, plus and you like had a really, year you had a exists, year to, yes yeah. yeah and the flights really like it was 150 bucks to get to sri lanka wow it was ridiculous so when i <laughs> come back to the u.s and it's like 300 bucks to get to new york which is a five-hour drive i'm like what mm-hmm. like this is such highway robbery yeah um and yeah i think that i really feel like 21 was like my golden year like it just all seemed so serendipitous that I would get to this college trip, that I would go abroad, that I would meet these amazing friends, that the flights would be so cheap somehow when I wanted to go. And I just think I was riding this wave of, of like, life and enjoyment. And mm-hmm. I don't know if things kept happening because I was lucky or more so I was open to life happening to me. Mm. Um, and that's what I always suggest for people who study abroad. Like it's easy to be scared. It's easy to stay within the two block radius of your dorms. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's harder to say yes to mm. things that you don't know about. Um, but for me, it paid off. So I can't say that for everything. There are more dangerous places. There are different times of the world. Like I was there for the 2016 election and mm. that definitely it's yeah. shifted some things. Um, but it's, it's, it's easy to say no. It's much harder to say yes. And I think I said yes a lot that year. <laughs> yeah. It turned out, it turned out for, for the, for the best. So that's, Oh yeah. That's good. Sure. I think you mentioned how like you were already into travel before, but Dubai took that to another level. Um, yeah. I'm wondering how that, how things changed for you in terms of traveling or even with your blog as well after um, or as a result of your experience in Dubai? Yeah, well, kind of like I mentioned, I never had felt that high of life before, just back to back, wake up and do something crazy. Like yeah. next week, I'm going to do a random trip somewhere. Like I would love to feel like that for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, so now I that kind of set the bar of how I would like to feel. Um, but for my blog, even there was so much I don't know, time, or maybe it was a time of transformation to me where I was like, how can I say this? There were a lot of influencers in Dubai. So definitely Mm, Dubai is like one of those cities where people wear a lot of makeup and they have the fancy clothes and they live an Instagram lifestyle, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, And there are a lot of influencers there. And I just started to realize like, okay, they're doing something that is super successful, but they're not providing a lot of value, I guess, or like teaching things or like Mm. educating their audience. So I was like, if I can live a fun life like they do, but also (laughs) actually change people's lives and like provide resources and encourage people to go for their dreams and stuff like this could be enough to sustain me for my life too. That's where the first place that I saw that um, you could build your own business and make a life out of your passions, Mm -hmm. I guess. Um, so that's definitely stuck with me. Um, so between that feeling and that opportunity, like that potential for greatness, like that Dubai was just so pivotal in shifting my thinking. And since then, I think, yeah, I think, like I said, I've just been, always been chasing that. I've been chasing that contentment <laughs> and enjoy and, um, access to travel like I did back then. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's one of the things I really like about, about what you do from what I've seen is that, I mean, you know, one could argue that any travel blogger, like they, they kind of all provide information to their audience that they wouldn't have before about the world and how to get out there and how to do things and whatever. Um, but Mm -hmm. like I've seen your, your, your opportunity list that you put together and it's just like, 
I don't <laughs> like when I look at them. It's just like wow, like you really have to care to be able to put together such thorough lists on a regular basis. And like, yeah, that was something I was curious, you know, before I got to talk to you is like, how, what is it that pushes you to not just blog about your own travels, but to also have it a major part of it be, you know, providing information for people to have their own fully funded or partially funded opportunities and things like that. Like, um, Mm -hmm. so my point is, I, I really admire that you you care, and like you said, you you are trying to provide education and like value to your audience beyond just having the attention on yourself. You know, I feel like that's yeah. something unique that a lot of not a lot of people put a ton of thought into. So yeah. yeah, I just I mean, as I just told you, like this all came from one scholarship that. I found out about randomly mm-hmm. and I probably shouldn't have won because I just had only two weeks where other people had nine months. And <laughs> it was just the least likely thing for me to do, I guess, or thing to happen to me. And it changed my entire life. So that's how I see it when I put together that list of funded travel opportunities is like, yeah, this, it takes a long time to do it every week. Like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, it takes a long time. But if one person who didn't believe in themselves or doesn't have money or has too many responsibilities to even think about that type of thing. If they just see it and can pressure them into applying, like just (laughs) take the 10 minutes, just do it. Like, Mm -hmm. and it changes their life. That's so worth it. It changes their entire life. Like that's insane. So um, that's what I think of every time. And I've had people message me and say, Oh my God, I'm going to Egypt. And I never ever would. I've never left my state. Like, I can't believe this is happening, but like, Mm -hmm. thank you for sharing that one thing. And, yeah, it just takes one tiny spark to light a fire. So yeah, it's worth it. Yeah. Wow. It must feel good to know that you have that impact on people and that like your intended purpose for, you know, helping people be aware of opportunities is, is working, you know, that must be a good feeling for you. Yeah, it does feel good. And what, what feels even better, actually, like, I love travel and I push travel and that's what I do. Mm-hmm. But seeing people take the message and spin it into their own lives. Um, so I have a few people who follow me and they've told me like, yeah, I don't travel that much because I have a kid or I don't travel that much because it's just not something that I'm passionate about. But mm-hmm. I like you and that's why I follow you and your messaging about just taking the risk and applying and going for your dreams. Like I resonate with that. So yeah. I've had one of my followers is an actress who landed a role in um, some TV sitcom and she's like, I wasn't going to audition, but you just, that one day I read your message and I just went for it and I got it and things like that. Like they take it and apply it to their own lives. That's even better. Yeah. It makes makes me, it literally day by day, it keeps me going to know that it has an effect. Right. You're, you really are are impacting people's lives and their, their mindsets. And like you said, not just about travel, just like, you know, life in general and the things that they want to do. Um, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Good for you, Gabby. That's, that's fantastic. Thank you. Um, Thank you. I want it. Obviously you probably have tricks to the trade. You don't want to divulge all your secrets, but I'm just wondering how is it that you're able to put these lists together? Like, how do you even know about, you know, all these different programs or competitions or other opportunities that you're able to, you know, synthesize into these lists like you do? I mean, how do you even, you just spend hours and hours researching? Is that what goes into it? No. Like, girl, this is the the best part of it is that I, I, so my answer to this is I usually tell people I manifest them. Like, they actually find me. And that's the craziest thing. Just like how I was in my internship um, messing around on the computer. Like, they, it just finds me. So wow. part of that manifestation is uh, people. So I'll be on Twitter talking about Tiger King and someone will <laughs> DM me. <laughs> like, I'm serious. I'm on Twitter talking about Tiger King and how Carol did it. And someone will DM me and say, oh, my God, you're talking about Tiger King. Tiger, Tiger scholarship. I forgot I wanted to send this to you. I think your followers will like it. And it's like an internship to work with tigers in Malaysia is completely paid for. And I'm like, that's random. Okay, thanks. So I'll share that. And um, I think the other part of it is definitely, what is it called? Um, 
Oh my God. Algorithms, social media algorithms. Hmm. So I'm constantly talking about scholarships and opportunities and things. And so they show up in my Instagram ads. They show up in like, I'm added to these like email lists all the time that mm-hmm. I didn't ask for, but it's okay. Um, <laughs> in my Twitter ads and my Facebook ads, like it'll, it'll just show up to me. So um, I talk about manifestation, like what you, the energy you put out is what you get back. So that's kind of like a very literal example of it is I'm always talking about good things and like talking about opportunities and the algorithms are like, she likes scholarships. We should send more to her. Hmm. So that's something I always tell my um, followers who ask me like, how do you manifest something? I'm like, just start talking about it. Just open your mouth and being like, I would love to go to Australia for free. I would love to go to Australia for free. And whether that's an, an algorithm online or some teacher who you don't know who follows you or like some CEO of Nike who follows you and you don't know, like, just putting what you want out into the universe, someone's going to answer eventually. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, those are the... T- <laughs> I wow. hope that's not too hippy-dippy, but that's literally no, what No, no, I'm just sitting and <laughs> uh, listening to you and, and receiving what you're saying. No, that... um, Yeah, that's it's, it's really powerful that, that things happen, happen for you in that way. Because, again, I assume that you just, like, you take a certain time every week or whatever and you just spend hours <laughs> right just researching so it's it's interesting that that's actually not the case and you're still able to put all this information out there that um that most people wouldn't even be aware of so it's it it works you have a like a system and it works yeah yeah i would um, say 90 percent find me and then the other 10 percent people will ask like especially um, medical people right now or people Mm -hmm. in the healthcare field, they'll be like, after all this is over, I want to travel. Like, do you have any for that? And I'll spend time to like find those specific ones for them. Mm -hmm. Um, Just because I know there's a need, but yeah, most of them barrage me on a weekly basis. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And and you uh, recently, like you said, transitioned into being a blogging full time. What were you doing before? If you don't mind me asking. Yeah, I was a did, uh, well, it was a data engineer, like a quality engineer for a defense company in the U.S. Oh, wow. That's way over my head, but that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not like a like a STEM or a quantitative person like at all. So whenever I hear someone doing like really interesting things like engineering and everything, it's like, wow, that's way over my head. <laughs> well, that's cool, though. That's cool. <laughs> So, um, so that was, was what you were doing and then now you're transitioning into blogging full time and I know it hasn't been very long. Um, no, it's been like a month. Yeah. But <laughs> what is it that you're looking to, to accomplish or like, what are you looking, hoping for in terms of PAX Light in the future? Like, what are you, what are you looking forward to now that you have stepped into being a full time travel blogger? Um, so my plan was to take this full time last month and travel the world for a year. Mm-hmm. And I just figured by the end of that, I would be 25. I would have a bunch of experiences and I would know more which direction I wanted to go. If I wanted to go back to nine to five, if I wanted to um, just find a different nine to five outside of STEM or if this blog thing took off, if I mm-hmm. could sustain this for myself. Um, but then a pandemic hit. So right. that was a little... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, we're rented to things. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, so now that's okay. That's just life. Um, right. You pivot. So I'm taking the time to invest in my blog. Like, this is, if there was ever a time to put in a work on an online resource, it's now. Mm-hmm. So I've put in work on my blog. Um, I'm continuing with my ops. I've in a creator, content creator course right now. And I think my new path. Now to be have a business that's sustainable um, without me putting tons of hours into it every week. Like mm-hmm. if I could just live a normal life and post on Instagram for fun, that would be nice. And have a, a business that makes money and sustainable and kind of have fun. Like I would like to yeah. travel to universities and talk to students and share my story. I would like to host workshops with students and with uh, recent graduates and talk to them how they can travel more in their lives. I would like to own property internationally so I can just disappear in Colombia for like <laughs> weeks. No one can find me. Yeah. But ultimately, that's the dream. Okay. So I guess I'm working towards that. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, it's because you have a lot of, of plans right out the gate <laughs> and you're willing to pivot, you know, with okay. the whole um, thing that's going on. You know, you can't really go anywhere. Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking about how, like, you know, at first it was, like, advised, like, don't go. But now it's, like, countries are shutting their, like, they're not letting people in. So you really can't go anywhere. (laughs) Yeah. Um, What a time to be in the travel industry when they literally are like, nah. (laughs) No. (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) Yeah. But it's good you're taking the time to, you know, uh, just, well, do what you can and, and formulate. Uh, how you want things to go going forward. Oh, yeah. Um, and I, I definitely think travel's going to explode whenever this ends. So oh, yeah. <laughs> maybe that'll be an even better time to be traveling is when people are more open to it and yeah. more people are even more excited to go. Yeah, um, itchy to get out somewhere after being having to be cooped up for so long. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. That Well, that's great. I really hope, uh, I wish nothing but the, the best for you going forward with Paxlight. And I know it's, well, I don't know, maybe it wasn't scary for you, but it's still a big step to, to make that decision and be like, okay, this is what I'm going to invest my time and my energy in full time. Oh. And uh, this is how I'm going to try and make it work or turn into what I want it to be. So that's, yeah. um, that's really great. I'm, I'm glad that you are, you know, you took that step and, and you're taking it as it goes. So. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. No, it was terrifying, but <laughs> I have a few videos of me crying like, should I do this? Oh. <laughs> it's all part of the process. And even this morning I was writing this article and I was saying, if I hadn't had quit before all this, I don't know if I would have, would have had the conviction to do it now. Mm-hmm. So I'd, it's all part of the divine plan that it happened the way it did. And I have absolutely no regrets. It's, yeah. it's all happening the way it's supposed to. Yeah. Just riding the wave. <laughs> <laughs> Just riding the wave, right, right. Well, I know you, you give out advice on a on a regular. That's part of what you do. And you've already said some really insightful things so far that that we've been talking. But I just wanted to, to ask anyway, like, if you had any particular advice, like, off the top of your head for anyone who wants to study. Oh, my gosh, I totally forgot to ask about. Oh, <laughs> oh, we're running out of time. I didn't, we didn't really get to. I was going to ask you about Korea because you went to Korea in January, too, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I can give you a quick little yeah. summary of that. Sorry, I literally uh, just remembered that I wanted to ask you about that. But if you could <laughs> just quickly summarize your experience in, in Korea. Um, yeah. So I obviously share my little scholarships opportunities every single week. Mm-hmm. And one of them stood out to me again for some reason. Some reason it was like glowing and it, I felt like I should apply to it. Um, and it was a one-week cultural exchange in South Korea, in Seoul. So I applied to that while I was working my full-time job, and somehow I was awarded it. So I took a week of PTO <laughs> mm. during my job, and I went to South Korea. And it was it was so cool. Um, there was people from, okay, an 18-year-old from Russia, mm. a 32-year-old mom of two from Bali, Indonesia, a kid from Bulgaria, uh, I think three more kids from Indonesia. It was just the weirdest conglomerate of people and ages ever but it was the best group ever and Mm. we learned so much about korean culture and and visiting korea in the winter is its own thing it was it was so awesome so even that i was like oh people can still study abroad while they have a nine to five like that's a new angle i should be sharing to people too yeah what would you say oh my gosh i can't believe i literally forgot to ask about about (laughs) korea all this time i had written it down and everything um but what would you say was like the most memorable thing that you did in korea maybe something surprising that you learned about the culture what 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 stuck with you the most from that week that you spent in korea Hmm. it's a it's a hard question i guess that like you said we were just the most random group of people, like 18 to 32. Um, The mom had kids. Like we were just the most random group and we got together, got along flawlessly to experience Mm. the country. None of us had ever been to before. And it just reminded me just again and again, travel reminds me so much why I love it is just, there's so much good in the world and, and so much to learn. And, and I don't know if you just trust, in my experience, if you just trust things to happen, they usually blow your mind away with how amazing they are. So it just reminded me to just, I should get out there more and, and trust the world more. Yeah. Was there, um, sorry, <laughs> I'll get back on track. I just had one other question about Korea. <laughs> um, 
did it, I know they're obviously two distinct countries, two different cultures and everything, mm. but being that you did live in Japan for a while in your childhood, I mean, did you notice any striking similarities um, or major differences? Granted, you only had a week, but like, was there yeah. anything that really struck you uh, given the experience that you previously had in Japan? I, yeah, so I would like to change my previous answer and kind of tie this into into this question too. Yeah. Um, is that that's what shocked me the most is I went in and I talked about this on my Instagram, I think that I went in with such expectations of Korea being just like Japan. Like I was like, they're both kind of Chinese adjacent cultures. They're going to be so similar. They both like cute little, like they have like the same, uh, kind of happy entertainment culture to me, I mm-hmm. guess. Like the K-pop and the like manga, like they're both kind of that same vibe. And in some ways, they were very, very, very similar. Some ways, the some of the food reminded me of each other. Some of some of the language, Japanese and Korea, share a lot of the words that are similar. Mm. Um, but in other ways, it's just so different. Yeah, that's probably a, a too long of a story. But yeah, um, they're they are definitely distinct cultures with their own histories and their own um, experiences. But I, I it's so funny because I went in and I think before I went in, I made a list of 10 things. I was like, what are 10 beliefs I have about Korea? And I made a list of 10. And then when I left, I was like, how many of these were right? And none of them were right. <laughs> Absolutely zero, zero. I was like, it's going to be just like Japan. It's going to be. And it was just like, bah, 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 bah. it was it's so great. Okay. All right. That's interesting. Um, <laughs> the, the fact that you're able to have that perspective to be open to having your beliefs challenged or proved wrong about you know the country that you're visiting is really um it's impressive it's it's uh it really is so as i was originally asking (laughs) do you have any um you know off the top of your head tips or advice for people who want to study abroad like you did or people who just want to travel more the thing i would suggest or just say most is to is open your mouth. Yeah, just just talk about it. And I feel like by talking about it or posting about it or telling your parents, that also means that you've decided internally that that's what you want. Mm-hmm. Like if you can say, I want to study abroad out loud, that means that you've kind of committed internally so that if the opportunity comes up, you're ready to say yes. Because there's nothing worse than an opportunity coming up and you're like, I haven't thought about it. Is this the right thing? Is this, I mean, uh, mm-hmm. and then you end up, missing it um, just because you overthought so yeah tell people to walk into your study abroad office and say I don't know anything about this I don't know what are the uh, like what's available but I want to study abroad what can you do and that's their job they're going to find a way and tell your parents I I just started college but I want to start study abroad at some point like may not be now but we want can you help me make this happen and it's going to happen so just opening your mouth and telling anybody is the surefire way for it to like find you. Mm-hmm. That's good. <laughs> That's good. Thank you for that. Thank you for sharing that insight. Thank you again for uh, making time to talk to me today. I know we're a little uh, over time, um, but I do. My one last question that I ask everyone is how can people find you or keep up with you online if you'd like them to do so? I assume that you would like them to do so. <laughs> <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> yeah, um, like I've said, my blog is Pax Light, and I am Pax Light on every social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, I think even TikTok. I just started, so like, don't make fun of my dances. <laughs> but I am <laughs> Pax Light everywhere. Okay. And PaxLight.com and um, and I'm also Gabby at PaxLight.com. So if you hear this and you're like, I want her to talk about this a little bit more, just email me and I can send you any resources or just reply to your questions there. Mm. But I am PaxLight. <laughs> okay, perfect. Thank you so much for your time. I'm sorry we went a little overtime today. No, um, it's totally okay. Um, and I, I, yeah, I, I thought it was great as well. It was nice getting to learn more about you. And I hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as I did. Um, yeah, I did. So yeah, this was great. Thank you so much, Danielle. Yes. I can't wait to hear it. <laughs> oh, well, I'm, you're very welcome. And thank you as well. I hope you have a great rest of your weekend and good luck to you and everything you're doing. I really think what you're doing is great and it's valuable and it's, um, has a really valuable purpose behind it. So I just hope you 
keep going and that good things keep happening for you. Awesome. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. <laughs> All right. No problem. Talk to you Have later. Have a weekend. <laughs> bye. All right. Bye. All right, y'all. There it is. Thanks to Gabby for being such a wonderful guest, and I hope you like how this all turned out. For the rest of you listening, don't forget to follow this podcast at Young Gifted and Abroad on Instagram and Facebook, and at YG Abroad on Twitter. Also, don't forget to check out guest profiles and resource lists on younggiftedandabroad.com. Also, if you enjoy what you've been hearing so far, then please continue listening to this podcast wherever podcasts are. And you are welcome to leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher while you're at it. And as always, if you have questions or comments to share, or if you yourself would like to be a guest on the show, then feel free to email me at younggiftedandabroad at gmail.com. So for the next episode in two weeks, the guest is going to be someone who uh, studied in Ghana during grad school. Doing that not only altered her career path, but she also met someone there who changed her life. And that's all I'm going to say for now. <laughs> you can look forward to hearing more about that in two weeks. But until then, thank you so much for listening and talk to you next time. Hey.